Welcome to the 49th episode of the Turp Talk Young Turps podcast, powered by Viner Forgates. This is your host, Mason Intern Viner. And your co-host, Jordan Viner. Jordan, we got a full one today. We'll be talking Maryland, Texas, the newest layer of the Maryland onion to be peeled, Kevin Anderson, DJ Durkin, and the attorney that was representing two football players in a sexual assault case. We now have the full Maryland basketball schedule. And, of course, the Terrapin Rundown. But before we get into it, Jordan, this episode of the Turp Talk Young Turps podcast is brought to you by Watercrafters. Watercrafters in Gaithersburg, Maryland, has been providing swimming pool services and supplies to the Montgomery County area for the past 35 years. Watercrafters' highly skilled service staff can open and close your pool, as well as provide new equipment installations, repairs, and weekly service. The Gaithersburg Retail Shroom has everything For your swimming pool, including chemicals, parts, and fun accessories, visit the Watercrafters Retail Showroom in the Gaithersburg Air Park or online at www.watercrafters.com. Now for the Terrapin Rundown. Well, it's not much of a rundown today, but here we go. Tom Herman has announced that Sam Ellinger will be taking snaps for Texas Week 1. Yeah, not a big surprise, Sam Ellinger, a guy with a lot of upside, but still something to note. Well, several players have come out in support of DJ Durkin, including punter Wade Lees and Osei Sane, and former players, including former starting quarterback Perry Hills. Yeah, that's, I guess, for me, that's good to see. At least not everyone felt this way during their time in the Maryland football program. And there's been a lot of support for DJ, but there's been a lot of backlash towards those guys. Backlash in the team or outside? No, backlash from outside media and people actually against these players. Well, that's something that you see a lot in media today, I guess. Um, on the lighter side of things, Mel Trimble has signed with an Aussie club for the 2018-19 season. Yeah, that's good to see. I'm surprised he didn't get a G League or NBA contract considering how good he was last year in the G League, but at least he was playing basketball. Well, the age of I think the age of him came into big concern because he's already 24 years old, and I'm not sure if he's NBA ready yet. Maybe he never will be, uh, but at least he's playing somewhere in a pretty respectable league. Well, as we keep moving things along here, oh, also I didn't actually write this on our outline, but Michael Tchaikovsky has signed with a club in the um, Adriatic League in Europe. That's good to see Tchaikovsky getting a pro basketball chance. I never really felt like he reached his potential at Maryland. Yeah, but I think he'll fit the European model better as the guys here in Orange is usually well-built and his um, frame will be a bigger problem. Yeah, the Big Ten basketball schedule was released this past week, giving us the full look at the Maryland basketball schedule. And we'll get to that in a moment, but one more, I guess, quick bullet here is freshman linebacker, true freshman that is, Naeem Anderson will be the first player to transfer out of the program. A three-star recruit who is expected to be a starter in a couple of years. Maybe the first of many, but we'll see. No, that's not what I've heard, Jordan. I've heard that he Anderson was really far down the depth chart, not liking where he sat going into the season. So while he could, before his eligibility was used up, he decided to leave the program. Well, if that's the case, it'd be much more reassuring than the alternative. So I hope that is true. So before we get into the, as you call it, the Maryland football onion, let's take a look at the basketball schedule for the Big Ten. Yeah, it starts off December 1st a home game against Penn State, 
then at Purdue. So there's your first big one, Jordan, December 6th at Purdue. Yeah, another season with a weird Big Ten enclave before we go back to um, normal non-conference. I'm really not a fan of those early games. No, neither am I. It really doesn't get that rhythm in. The Terps then start off full Big Ten play with a home game against Nebraska. They're at Rutgers, at Minnesota, and then at home against the hopefully revamped Indiana Hoosiers. Well, those first three games are all kind of... The Nebraska Rutgers, Minnesota, and them are supposed to be heavy, heavy hitters, at least. Indiana, I kind of agree with you that I hope they get back on track. And then Wisconsin, never know. They're a rough team to play against. Yeah, but they're never, they never take the next step, in my opinion. Well, they do have returning Ethan Half on their <laughs> side, though, so you know what? Maybe they'll get back to the winning ways. Well, you're saying they haven't really taken the next step since N- Nigel Hayes left. Yeah, but that was, you know, two, three years ago now. Yeah, then we go on the road against Ohio State, and then we're on the road against Michigan State, so we're getting a lot of what could be really challenging games early in the Big Ten schedule. Well, as far as the Big Ten goes, yeah, there's Ohio State, Michigan State. That whole stretch from Indiana to Michigan State is could be a tough stretch there, but Michigan State lost a ton of talent. Then possibly my least favorite thing on this Big Ten schedule, Friday, January 26th, Maryland surrenders a home game to play Illinois in Madison Square Garden. Yeah, I'm not very happy about that either. Um, I think that it definitely will be a home game more than a road game. There's certainly a lot of trips up in New York, and I'm sure a lot of us will make the trip, including probably you, Mason. Yeah, I could be out there depending on how my schedule works around that time. The Terps then return home on Monday to play Northwestern. And then they get two road games in a row that could be tough with at Wisconsin and at Nebraska. Both of those places are kind of rough to play in. That is true, but Northwestern looks like they're really trending upwards. But, you know, they, uh, I, I feel like Chris Collins might be in the hot seat soon. Yeah, it's going to be tough for them without Bryant McIntosh this year. Maryland then gets possibly their biggest home game of the season on Monday, February 12th, with a game against Purdue. Well, Purdue is really the only, seemingly the only sure thing in the Big Ten right now is that Purdue will be good. Other than that, it's kind of a crapshoot. Indiana might be good. Michigan State is, has a lot of problems besides their lack of talent. And Maryland is the other team that people consider to be in the top four. So that could be the biggest game of the season for the Big Ten. Yeah, the Terps then get a tough road game at Michigan. And then some more of these games that are kind of, for me, toss-ups because you know someone's going to emerge out of that mid-pack with at Iowa and at home against Ohio State. But it's not like um, Purdue's going to be the only good team. Someone from the middle of this conference is definitely going to win some games. I mean, it happens almost every year. Last year was Ohio State, of course, with... Um that's not his actual name now. Kata Bates-Diop. No, no, the coach from Butler. Chris Holtman. Yeah, and they were a bit of a resurgence last year. We'll see how they do now. Some will probably emerge, but this, I don't know. I'm never excited to play the Big Ten basketball schedule. There are definitely some good games in there, but I understand why a lot of people, including myself, are kind of like, eh, it's not a big deal. And then a game at Penn State. Penn State's kind of been a curse team for Maryland recently. Well, Penn State is a... For a lot of people, that is their um, kind of middle-of-the-pack, step-forward team as Penn State. And I can totally see that. Michigan will also be interesting. 
even though they also lost a lot of talent, they're always a um, good team to watch. And we round up the we round up the Minnesota, and we get back to a normal conference schedule, the conference tournament schedule after the season ends. Yeah, great to see it back in Chicago. Really didn't like it last year, or even the year before, even though it was right here at then the Verizon Center, now the Capital One Arena. I like it in Chicago, Indianapolis. Oh, uh, yeah, I think Big Ten country suits it a lot better. I like that it's on a normal <laughs> weekend now. This schedule overall is not bad. It just It's it's a Big Ten basketball schedule. It just doesn't inspire a lot to me. Yeah, and that's pretty much it. it. It's a better schedule than last year, I'll give it that, but it's really only fun if we're good. That's what I'll say. Yep, and now I guess we dive back into the absolute sinkhole that's become in all football the last few weeks. Yeah, let's start it off with this Board of Regents Commission. Maryland naming former Governor Robert Ehrlich along with Tom McMillan, Bonnie Bernstein, and the Redskins' head of player personnel, right, Jordan? Doug Williams. Actually, the DP of player personnel, but yeah, basically. That is a, it's a weird commission. I'm going to say it's an interesting group. Yeah, there's more other people that will be involved to come. And that's pretty much where we are with the Board of Regents. Now moving on to... Oh, not moving on, because we do need to discuss the um, somewhat... Strange fact that Wallace Lowe was is not part of this process at all. Well, the Board of Regents did make a decision that they were going to take over this case. I don't really have a big problem with that, but it's. I don't have a problem with it, but I think it might speak to that Wallace Lowe might be under reviews himself. I think he should be. I agree, but I'm just saying that we need to get that out there that it's likely what it means is either they think he's involved somehow and can't be trusted to deal with it, or they're reviewing him. I think it's a little bit of both. But, you know, there's definitely going to be some fallout, or I don't even know what you want to call it, from this whole situation between the three guys, DJ Durkin, Damon Evans, and Wallace Lowe. There certainly will be. Um, I do like that three of at least three of those people are Maryland alums. I don't know why Doug Williams is there. To be honest, I like To it, give a but, football perspective. But shouldn't he be doing something else at this time of the year? Probably. But maybe this isn't a full-time job. Who knows? So, yeah, that that will be interesting. And I'm awaiting the results of what comes out of this. Right. Now we get into the newest layer. And I'm not totally sure I understand it, Mason. So how about you lead us off? So last night I see this story that says Kevin Anderson paid an attorney to represent two Maryland football players in a sexual assault case in 2017. So, according to NCAA, schools are allowed to pay for lawyers in cases involving student-athletes. However, the University of Maryland says that Anderson intervening violated its, quote, commitment to a fair and impartial handling to all such matters. Now, what that really means, I don't know. It's very possible this has something to do with why he took a six-month sabbatical before resigning. I'm not sure. But there's also new reports that say D.J. Durkin actually hired the guy. Yeah, and the attorney, Donald Maurice Jackson, sat down with the Baltimore Suns' Don Marcus, and he had a statement that said, Head football coach D.J. Durkin, not former athletic director Kevin Anderson, 
hired him to represent two former Maryland football players accused of sexual assault in 2017. His comments came, of course, after yesterday where a University of Maryland spokesman said that Kevin Anderson showed poor judgment in using athletic department funds to hire said lawyers. Um, So we, of course, don't actually know who the players involved in this case are, nor really should we know, especially if it's an ongoing case, which it very well could be. But this, this just, it seems unrelated to the rest of the things, but I don't know why it came out now of all times. Well, the university decided, in my opinion, changed the narrative of what was going on, and it kind of backfired. It backfired. They were because we consistently show that we are excellent at handling the PR, don't we, Nathan? I mean, I'm not going to say much. It's a really hard situation for the Maryland PR department to handle. Should they be prepared for it, or should they be better at it from former preparation? Probably. But this this was not a good move on the university to say what they said yesterday, unless they had to jump on these articles that are constantly being released today. Well, I don't know really what to say next in regards to what's going on with football. I know there's still going to be a game next week, which is absolutely insane to me, because it, it just, I feel like we're in a war zone right now. I don't know how normal football is going to continue, but of course it is. What did you say about the university's code of conduct for the coaches or athletic department? I said that the university said that they believe that Anderson intervening violated the um, commitment to a fair and impartial handling. So does that apply to DJ Durkin? That is a great question. I I don't know the answer to it. So if it does, does that just mean DJ's out the door for this? It very well could, and maybe that'll make it easier for everybody if he's just out the door for this. So maybe that's the point. I don't know. Yeah, that's all speculation, but what we can say is now we're seeing more things come out of DJ Durkin possibly doing things wrong, and I, I just really don't know what to say about this. This is a really developing story. Obviously, more things are going to come out about it. The players that were involved will probably come out. This is a whole nother mess for this athletic department. Yep. Um, pouring gasoline in the fire. I don't know why this came out this week, but here it is. So, as we get closer to the season, it's looking more and more like DJ is not coming back anytime soon. No, so now we got to think about what Coach Canada can do. Of course, currently is named as the interim head coach. And what effect that's going to have in the offense. What I'm hearing is that Kasim Hill will most likely be the starting quarterback. And the offense has been looking really good with a lot of explosion out of, I believe it's now almost a six-headed running back rotation. Six-headed running back rotation, that'll be something to see. Well, you got guys in there like Anthony McFarland and Lolo Harrison and guys that, you know, they can do other things on the field. They don't have to be in the backfield. To my understanding, Heater has now taken over that role. He was the guy that they brought in from Marshall. He's had a lot of experience in big-time football programs. So a lot of people like him calling the plays. What position does he coach? I believe they brought him in to coach the safeties this year. 
But, yeah, obviously now he's more of a, you know, working alongside Andy Boo as the defensive coordinator. So, is Matt Canada still the OC? That's yet to be announced. We really haven't gotten to go with Coach Canada yet. He did have some small media availability while we were, of course, in Fargo with you. But no one really was asking him football questions. And I really would like a lot of these players and coaches, and hopefully we'll be able to have it on Tuesday, to really ask questions like that. But right now with the national media there, you know, even if they say only football questions you know, that's not going to be the case. That's really a shame. I mean, I know it's definitely a higher priority to figure out the rest of this stuff, but there are still football games to be played, and there are still questions that need to be asked. And I love that we started off playing a real team, but I think for once we really could benefit from playing Towson or even Temple rather than playing Texas. Yeah, so do I, but, you know, the schedule's the schedule, and really from what you're seeing from the guys on Twitter, from the actual players on Twitter and coaches, they can't wait for this to, I don't want to say go away, but they can't wait for football to take over, because they know if they win, there's still going to be a lot of people that want to come see Maryland football because they're good, and that's all they got to do. They got to go out there, they got to stick to what they're doing, and they got to win, because they know that it's now, now's their time, they're really prepared to play right now because of all the talent that's been brought in is finally developed. And I definitely understand from their perspective why it'll be good to get back to football, but I don't think this will just go away if we start winning. I think that if anything, the pressure will magnify if we start winning. For the guys, I, I think that they just want to play football. That's what they came here to do. That is what they've been preparing for since the end of last season to now. You know, they're going to get their quarterback back. They're going to get... A lot of guys like Jesse Andy Bowden back, the guys that can't wait to play because it's been so long. It's just, it's all about the leadership of the team right now. Who's going to tell guys, hey, don't listen to what they're saying right now about us because it's all about what this team's got and this team's a family and, you know, we stick together and we're going to go out there and we're going to win football games because that's what we do. And I really hope that we get out there and win. So... I know, I'm sure everybody out there knows, too, that we've completely neglected our actual football previews since, you know, the world blew up a couple weeks ago. So, one more time before we actually get back to football next weekend, what is our record going to be in light of all that's happened since we actually projected our record a few weeks ago? Well, Jordan, I'm not going to really say that right now because this coming week we will have a full football preview episode coming out because we know that we usually at this time of year are doing football previews but of course as Jordan said the Maryland Athletics world blew up so we'll have a full episode on that but my number I'm thinking eight and four but I'm gonna have to look at the games again yeah we really are uh this has been the craziest time I can remember for any type of football thing in Maryland well in our time it really has been the craziest thing that's happened I know that's not the case for a lot of our listeners, but for Jordan, for you and I, this is by far the most national media attention or just a lot of bad things going on in College Park for this program. Yes, it is, and I guess I'll do it. So um, I guess after media availability on Tuesday, we will come back and tell you what there is to tell you and hopefully have an actual football-centric episode for once. Yeah, I'm going to love to get back to football coming this week, and I'm 
really hoping that the press conference stays on for Tuesday and, of course, the coordinators on Wednesday because then we will get to see who will be taking over as the OC for the Terps. I really can't wait to talk about football, and that's going to be coming up. I'm going to say ballpark Wednesday night because we got to get everything from media availability on Tuesday together. But, yeah, Jordan, I just can't wait to talk football. And we will see you guys Wednesday, then. Yep. We, as always, we would like to thank our sponsors, Viner Fourgates of Rockville. They built TerpTalk.com in the com, and they can build a website for you just like that. You can reach them on the phone at 301-251-2900. And Watercrafters, they're the place to go for all your swimming pool needs. You can visit their retail showroom in the Gaithersburg Air Park or online at www.watercrafters.com. And we'll see you guys on Wednesday, and as always, thanks for listening.